Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I am your other host, James. And this week we will be focusing on Season 1, Episode 3, The Witch. Hmm, I wonder what that could be about. I don't know, but uh, right off the bat, I will say, in uh, researching for the episode, uh, I keep coming across conflicting titles as to whether or not it is The Witch or just Witch. Really? I didn't, you know what, I didn't look, did they show it on screen at all? Uh, you know, I didn't notice. I didn't either. I didn't notice. I don't think they started showing the the episode titles on screen until later seasons. Gotcha. But I could gotcha. be wrong about that because I'm wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> Speaking of being wrong about a lot of things, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a quick moment to correct a couple of flubs I actually made in our premiere episode Welcome to the Hellmouth. Oh, please do. I love when other people um, uh, acknowledge their own flubs. Because <laughs> I would never uh, do that for myself. Uh, first of all, uh, I said that the air date was March 19th, 1997. And that is incorrect. It was March 10th, 1997. Oh, you son of a bitch. I know. I know. And uh, when we were talking about... Um, how we got into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I misnamed the season two uh, finale as Welcome to the Hellmouth Part Two. It was Becoming Part Two. Oh, you know what? I should be in trouble for that too because I didn't even catch that. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't either until uh, I was re-listening to um, the episode. Demerits for both of us. Yes, yes. We're flawed hosts. We are fl- we are greatly flawed. I know I am. Right. But I wanted to put those corrections out there so that the people know that I do, in fact, know what I'm talking about. Well, thank you, James. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so refreshing to have a person who is willing. Here, here, just, let me, just let me give you this. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Thank you. Is, there, is there any way I could just keep you on standby for I, like sure. eight hours a day and... Like I could just shoot you a text and maybe you could, you know, call me up and play that for me. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I, I would love that. It would either be that <laughs> or this. Yeah. Either, either one. Right. Either right, one. Right. <laughs> um, I would right. like to take a little, uh, sure. make a little aside here and, uh, just state the obvious. Um, most of our listeners are probably well aware already that, you now sound completely different than you did in our first two episodes. I do. I do. Having, um, having listened to the test audio we put together the other day, um, I'm quite happy with how I sound now, and I hope everyone else is as well. I am uh, ecstatic. Uh, per- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it is, it is cool. Um, yeah, so you've no longer, you're no longer a call-in to the show. You are now a full-fledged audio member of the hosting staff. There you go. I've so, been upgraded. Yes, you have been upgraded in life as well. <laughs> but yeah, that was all I wanted to say. Um, well now let me kick it over to you for our dates and deets. All right. As Jeremy previous, previously stated, this is episode three, season one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Witch. Our director for this episode is Stephen Craig. Um, he, 
this is the only episode of any Buffyverse show he directed. Um, his non-Buffyverse credits include episodes of Doogie Howser, The Wonder Years, Party of Five, Grey's Anatomy, and How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, movie credits, uh, nothing. Again, another television director that uh, didn't want to or or hasn't had the opportunity or or what have you to uh, segue uh, into the big screen. Yeah, I noticed that, I'm sure you did too in the in his IMDb deal, from 1994 to 2002, he did nothing. Yeah. He had zero yeah. credits. And then yeah. he did a couple of different things in 02, and then from 02 to 18, he again did nothing. Yeah. So a real lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> no, maybe just, just maybe it was just dealing with Joss on this episode. Yeah, that could have been it. He, he probably dealt it with just, Joss and was just like, "That's I'm done." He's like, "No, I'm done." Wrists. Can't, right. He's like, "We're not doing this." Yep. <laughs> uh, our credited writer for this episode is Dana Reston. Um, again, for uh, uh, first time writer uh, for the Buffyverse. And this is her only episode that she wrote. Um, her uh, non-Buffyverse credits include episodes of Mad About You and The Nanny. And once again, nothing in the uh, big screen realm of and, viewing entertainment. And nothing since 1999. I don't know if this person has died or just retired from the biz. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and her... her uh, credits uh prior to this and well and even after not not many she doesn't have yeah, a very whole sparse. lot of, of anything uh well her, uh, i see the last thing she did as a producer was in 97 and that was for the uh the uh, uh pilot episode of Polly. that would have been the Polly shore uh failure show that never launched and that's wow. probably what made her quit the business most likely because most you likely. i mean can anybody stand Polly shore for more than I don't know, 20 minutes? Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I, I really don't know. Our, <laughs> our, <laughs> our air date is March 17th, 1997. And I hope that date's correct, or I, I will date, expect another apology. The, it, is, it is correct. I don't want to have to apologize again, yeah. really, for anything ever. Apologizing's so. painful. <laughs> it hurts my soul. Um, our episode synopsis is it's time for cheerleader trials and Buffy can't resist. However, when the girls start getting kicked out of the competition because of a variety of freak accidents, Buffy and the gang begin to suspect that someone may be using dark magic in order to make the squad. Yeah. Um, I got a little bit of a problem with that, with that uh, synopsis. Really? Yeah. What? It's, it's, <laughs> it's not even her. It's, it's not her or, <sighs> Well, I guess you could call it the part of the gang. It would be, it was Giles who who informed them that that witches were even a thing, and that you know dark magic was a thing. But I True. guess I guess he is considered part of the gang. Um, I was gonna say, what would you what would you consider him if see, not part of the gang? I look at him more as like the Professor X, you know. It, okay. Not really like okay. you know he's not really an X man. He's like the X-Man. You know what I mean? Right, right. You're hurting me a little bit here right now with your Giles slander. Well, you know, I'm just saying, like, he's above 
to me, he's above being considered part of the gang. You know, he's okay. like, he's the man. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, that's that's all. That's all I'm saying. All right. I'll I'll accept it. I'll, I'll accept it, it Alex. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, um, oh, I was gonna bring something up, and my brain just stopped working. So go ahead. Okay, that's uh, that's our synopsis. So right off the bat, we jump into the quad courtyard outside of Sunnydale High. Is that what that's called? Voice... The quad? Um, well, I've been calling it a courtyard up until this point. Yeah. But in in this episode, they do refer to it as the quad. Oh, okay. Because I just thought so... I was an uncultured swine, you know, because I'm, I'm from Indiana, so... I was like, I've never heard of a quad in my life. And, you know, like in, in, you know, in their school, they have outside areas and things of that nature that we did not have in Indiana. Right. Uh, So, yeah, we open up on the quad outside Sunnydale High with a voiceover from Giles. And quickly we transition into the library. uh, And Giles is lecturing Buffy, uh, who's off screen about how she's the slayer and lives depend on her. Uh, He makes allowances for her youth, but he expects some amount of responsibility from her. And she's instead decided to enslave herself to a cult. We quickly cut to Buffy, who's wearing a cheerleading uniform and holding pom-poms. Yeah. And she says, you don't like the color? Giles... (laughs) Giles, exasperated, asks if she makes it a rule to ignore everything he says. And Buffy retorts that she believes that's Giles's trick and reiterates that she told him she was trying out for cheerleading, to which Giles says she has a sacred duty to destroy vampires, not shake pom-poms. And as her watcher, he forbids it. She wants to know exactly how he's going to make that happen. And he says by appealing to her common sense, if it exists. Yes, because she's basically saying, you clearly can't physically stop me, you weak little normal human. Right. Um, He says, uh, or I'm sorry, Buffy reassures him that she'll still have plenty of time to fight the forces of evil, but that she wants to have a life and do something normal and safe. Which, who could blame her? Right. She's a 16-year-old uh, kid. Of course she wants to have a life. I'm 41, and I want to have a life. Yeah. I'm 43, <laughs> and I want to have a life. Someday, when I grow up. <laughs> Why don't you take the next scene, too, because it's pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty brief. Sure. Uh, so, as soon as she's done saying she wants to do something normal and safe, we quickly... Uh, cut to a random room of some sort somewhere. Um, we start on a brick wall and we pan past the brick wall and we see a door dimly lit in the background. There's a bubbling cauldron hanging over a fire. There's uh, two or three dim lights lighting the area. Um, there's a small window with just just a shard of sunlight breaking through and random things hanging from the ceilings, from the ceiling all around. Um, looks like various flowers and uh, whatnot, some, some dolls. Um, we soon see a shadowed uh, hooded figure 
grab some sort of pendant and dangle it over the cauldron, which is bubbling some sort of green goo. Um, it starts to bubble faster uh, as we cut to a doll that's dressed as a cheerleader hanging nearby. The figure snatches it off its hook as we cut to the Sunnydale High School gymnasium. Where what's happening? Well, what's happening is uh, there's a bunch of girls um, <clears throat> in mostly cheerleader outfits, some workout clothes, and they appear to be warming up. They're doing, you know, handstands and tumbling and stretches and things like that. And there's a sign that we pan by that says, uh, Welcome to the 1996 Cheerleader Tryouts. So this obviously was filmed in 96. Yeah, we're um, we're apparently a year, uh, about a year behind um, real time when it was airing. Right. So then we see the Buffster, Willow, and Xander. They uh, come into the gym, and uh, Buffy and Willow are discussing, you know, how Giles didn't approve of this whole thing and, you know, put his foot down, so to speak. And um, Buffy's like, you know, it's it's been like a week since we've even seen a vamp. So, you know, what's the big whoop? And um, <laughs> she jokes that he should get a girlfriend, but he's so old. And that kind of hurts because I think Anthony Head was only about my age that I am now at this point. So so I actually have this in my notes because it hurt me too when she said it. Um, I looked it up and canonically Giles was born in 1955. So at the time this aired... In 97, Giles would have been 41-ish around there. So, my age. So, actually younger than me. Yeah. Oh, ouch, I mean, SMG. I mean, I, I guess depending on wh- when exactly his birthday was, he could be 40, maybe 42. But but we're going to split the difference. Yeah. yeah he's, he's 41-ish. Either way, it's uh, painful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Xander is um, ogling some females as they're doing their thing. Um, one is doing like some some Jean-Claude Van Damme splits between a couple of uh, folding chairs. And, you know, he's all about that because he, he's a total, you know, 90s horn dog. And uh, Xander, Xander gets Buffy's attention and he gives her this bracelet uh, for luck, supposedly, for her tryout. And um, she looks at it, and she's like, well, you know, thanks, blah, blah, blah. And it, it says yours always on it. But he swears that they all said that. <laughs> so, because, <laughs> you know, that's all they sell. Right. So she's like, right. okay, and she puts it on. And, of course, Cordelia comes walking up. Our resident uh, 90s bitch character is totally what they went for with Cordelia. But, anyway, she walks up, <laughs> and she's complaining about, one of the girls because she's basically she's jealous of this girl. She's this girl is really good. She's just she's tearing it up just in just in warm ups. It's clear that she's probably the the best one there. Mm-hmm. And um, said girl, his name is Amber Grove. She supposedly uh, Willow says she she heard that she turned down being a Lakers girl. And I'm thinking. Yeah, I doubt that, because she would be, what, 16, 17 maybe right. at the most? <laughs> right. So, you know, high school rumors. Right. Anyway, Amber Grove uh, proceeds to start with her tryout, 
And like I said, she's insanely good. Um, doesn't really look even remotely like a high school aged girl, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, I um, well, I didn't look up the actress's name, but um, the actress is uh, Jeanette Papineau. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's only got eighteen credits to her to her name on the old IMDb, um, including. It looks like Buffy was actually her first acting role. Which um, makes sense because I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think she has a single line. Uh, I don't think, not till like the end of the scene. Yeah, I don't even, um, I'm not even sure she has one then. Maybe like a uh, grunt. Right. Or like a, um, oh. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, Buffy was her first uh, acting role. And, and she had roles on, um, Love Boat, The Next Wave, VIP, Oh, my Baywatch. God, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I don't remember um, Love Boat. What'd you call it? The, the Next Wave? The, the Next Wave, yeah. It was a sequel series with uh, um, uh, Robert uh, Ulrich. Uh, oh, really? I loved that guy. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Spencer yeah, for Hire. Spencer for Hire, yeah. Oh, yeah, I loved um, that guy. It's a shame he's passed away. Yeah. Um, but she did... Uh, Music videos uh, for NSYNC, Eminem. She was in Coyote Ugly. Yeah, because but, she's clearly a trained dancer, tumbler. I'm not sure what you what you call it. I don't want to sound like right. a, like a dummy. But yeah, she's <laughs> right. she's clearly highly trained. Yeah, but anyway, go on. Yeah, so you know she's doing her tryout. Like I said, she's killing it. Um, um, so then a girl named Amy comes up. To Willow, Willow spots her and says, "Hey," and then blah 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 blah, and it's her name's Amy, and she's talking with the gang and um, talking about how Amber, um, this really good girl, has uh, the best coach money can buy. And Buffy's like, Buffy's like a, a coach. There's there's cheerleader coaches, <laughs> and Amy's like, "Yeah, don't don't you have one?" And Buffy's like, "No." <laughs> so uh, she doesn't really. Uh, yeah, she doesn't really seem to know anything about coaches being a thing. Um, I got the I got the impression that this Amy character didn't seem to want to be there. Like, I, I she she said a line something like, "What did she say? Do you have it written down? Something about um, oh yeah, this is the greatest day, or you know, I look forward to this so much," and kind of rolled her eyes sarcastically. I don't know. She just. Um. She came across to me like she didn't really want to be there, and I was like, "Hmm, okay." No, I don't. Uh, I don't have that written down. Hmm. Um, the uh, what I do have written down is that her her exchanges with Buffy and Willow were pretty pretty brief. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't anything uh, in depth. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't, uh, you know, being overly chatty. Uh, but no, I don't have her exact dialogue written down here. Okay. So anyway, the this Amber Grove girl can finishes up her. Uh, she's finishing up her tryout, and everyone's just blown away. Of course, Cordelia is just annoyed and kind of dismissive of it, even though she knows deep down that this girl's just insanely good. <laughs> then you see Amber. She's just kind of. Um, I'm not even sure what you call it because I don't know anything about cheerleading, but like just kind of like shaking the pom poms, and you start seeing smoke coming out of the pom-poms more and more and more and more. And I forget who yelled it out, but somebody yelled out that girl's on fire. And uh, Will, Oh, was that, that Willow was that Will- said that? Okay. That was Will- yep. And uh, then she was like, no, like literally. 
And then Amber screams and drops her pom-poms and her hands and kind of her upper arm areas are on literally on fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, Buffy being the slayer, she uh, immediately does the slayerish thing. She runs up the bleachers, grabs a banner that's hanging from the ceiling, uh, rips it down, and then runs over and kind of kind of tackles the girl and starts snuffing out the flames uh, on her hands and arms and kind of, uh, you know, cradling her and telling her it's going to be okay, they're getting help, etc. And that's the scene, and that is the cold open. Those three scenes that, we, that we just described, that was just the cold open. That, yeah, that was... Um, <laughs> and that was with four minutes with, and 35 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, with credits, you're, we were looking at uh, almost six minutes of cold open. Yeah, it was crazy. Between that and the credits. Um, something funny. So I, I watch all the episodes um, as as we're rewatching them for for the podcast with subtitles. Right. And um, I don't know if if you did this episode, um, but I something didn't, I, and I regretted it later. <laughs> um, so when uh, we first transitioned to the gymnasium at the beginning, the um, credits or the subtitles um, labeled the music that was playing as hip hop music. <laughs> and it definitely was not. It, it was not. It was in fact, <laughs> um, uh, Euro pop. Yeah. Music. I was going to say, it kind of sounded like nineties gymnasium music, you know, like do, 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 you know? Yeah. It was, um, it's a song called twilight zone, the rave edit by Euro pop band Two unlimited. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So definitely, definitely not hip-hop. not hip hop. <laughs> um, but I thought I thought that was amusing. Uh, the the things you you see in the subtitles um, yeah. can be uh, funny sometimes. Oh yeah, just like rats squeaking last episode several times. R- right. Um, something Buffy said to Willow in the, at the beginning of the scene too, um, when Willow was you know, saying Giles, so Giles didn't take the news about the cheerleading. Well, Buffy says he totally lost his water. And I was like, I missed that. Yeah. I was like, what the, so I looked it up and it is, that's apparently a old English term used uh, quite a bit in poetry and basically means he, he pissed himself. Like he, he lost it. (laughs) So he didn't wear his depends that day. Right, because he's so old at 41. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, you know what? At least in real life, I know that she's older than me, so ha. <laughs> that's that's true. We do we do have that going for us. So where do we go when we come back from commercial? Well, what would be a commercial break, James? We are once again in the Sunnydale High School Library. Buffy is telling Giles, Willow, and Xander how she's been slaying vamps for a year, and she's seen some shit, but never anyone's uh, hands getting toasted. Um, Giles says he imagines she hasn't, and Buffy questions, it's not a vampire thing, but it's not normal, right? Uh, Giles, of course, uh, says it's not normal. Um, 
but does say that spontaneous human combustion is rare, unexplainable, and usually all that's left is a pile of ashes. Mm. Willow says that's all Amber would have been if Buffy wasn't there. Yeah, I don't know about that. She seemed like she had a light, like she was holding a couple of Bic lighters. But so she had a mild case of spontaneous human combustion? Well, I mean, when you really go back and look at the effects that they used, I mean, I get it. Right. They were probably saving money, blah, blah, blah. But also, Right. Also, there was um, a gymnasium full of other people there who you would think at some point might try and do something to put out the girl that's on fire. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm not real sure um, that she would have been just left as a pile of ashes. Right. Um, Xander says it's a comfort not knowing what caused it. <laughs> and yeah. G- Giles gets... Ignorance uh, is bliss. Right. And Giles gets uh, damn near giddy. And he says, you know, that's uh, the thrill of living on the hellmouth. There's a cornucopia of fiends, devils, and ghouls to engage. Uh, the rest of the group is looking at him like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he sarcastically says, excuse me for seeing the glass half full. Um, Buffy asks if there's uh, common denominators in cases of spontaneous combustion. And Giles says that in most cases, the person was very angry or upset. Xander posits to the group that maybe it's just a power that Amber has, like the human torch, but painful. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that was a pretty good Uh, one. Buffy says she needs to find out about Amber and see if she's had episodes before. Um, Willow says that, that that'll require hacking into the school records which she can do. Uh, Xander says he'll ask around about Amber. And Buffy, of course, says they don't have to get involved. And Xander says they're a team. And then questions, we're a team, right? Willow says, yeah, you're the Slayer and we're the Slayerettes. Um, Buffy says she just doesn't like putting them in danger. And Xander quips that he laughs in the face of danger then hides until it goes away, (laughs) (laughs) which it's funny, but we're, we're three episodes in. And I actually think that Xander has managed to prove so far that that's the exact opposite of what he does. He has so far continually thrown himself right into danger's path. Well, you know, he's very self-deprecating, right? Maybe that's part of his shtick. Um, So Buffy, of course, relents and tells them to walk softly until they know more and that Amber might not be causing this herself. And Giles says, if that's the case, then they'll need to figure out what is and deal with it accordingly. Foreshadowing. So the next scene, we pop over to Buff's house, the Buffster, the Buffer Rainer. Uh, ma, the mom, Buffy mom, I like to call her, uh, is, uh, trying to, her name's Joyce. Name's yeah, I know. Joyce. I know. But Buffy mom <laughs> is funnier to me. I, I, I'm getting a lot of Joyce hostility over, over, uh, the two previous episodes we've recorded. Really? And, and now, yeah. I actually enjoy Joyce. Um, I think in these, f- First couple of seasons, I think, she, well, especially the first season, she's very, I think she's written very, 
hastily, I guess, and very annoyingly, and just too much of a cookie cutter kind of mom character, you know? I don't know. Con- overly concerned parent. Yeah, I just, I didn't, I just didn't dig the character in this first season. I agree. Um, I agree to the to the extent that I think I think she was almost borderline unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If 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 Buffy hadn't been a sixteen year old high school student, there would have right. been no need for her character right. whatsoever. I don't, I don't think Joyce became a quote unquote viable character until they started, until they kind of took her out of the cookie cutter concerned parent role and started actually writing more stuff specifically for her and into the stories themselves. Yes. As opposed to just these tagged on uh, parent scenes. Yeah, I agree a million percent because my dislike of the character, you know, has nothing to do with the, the actor because she's a, she's a wonderful actor. It's just, it just, I felt very poorly written in this first season. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, She's in the kitchen, which I found odd because there are, she's in there she's in their kitchen and she's just surrounded by all these wooden big heavy wooden looking crates and she's going around well she's she's actually just at one of them excuse me well that was a burp mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, she's actually at one of them and she's trying to pry it open with you know a pry bar and she's just struggling like no get like she's opened several of these already you can see but for some reason this one she's it's just it's getting the best of her and there's a lot of art i guess you could call it around so that it's clearly as we we've already learned she's a curator of a like a gallery art gallery you know yep, yep. and there's you know so there's some art around I, I don't know that i would call it art it's clearly like pier 1 imports stuff it's just kind of <laughs> horrible looking but um, there's a lot of that around. Um, and she says, she says it's for the tribal art display at the gallery, whatever that's supposed to mean. That's very vague. Mm. Um, uh, so that, you know, she asks her, um, you know, how was, you know, tryouts and she's like, well, I didn't actually get the tryout. And the whole time they're conversating, um, Buffy mom is kind of, you can tell she's not actively involved in the conversation. She's just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, while Buffy's talking and um, clearly distracted by this tribal art display. And uh, she eventually says to Buffy, you know, it wouldn't kill you to help me, you know, open this crate. So she puts the pry bar down and walks, walks over, and Buffy just walks over and opens it up like a piece of bread, just bloop, pops it right open. Uh, Mom doesn't say anything, like, not surprising at all. I'm like, okay. I don't um I don't think mom was paying attention. I think mom was See, checking I wasn't... off her inventory list. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but you would still think with the speed with which she opened it and I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed a little off. Know, yeah, a little off. Yeah. So, um uh, where did I leave? Okay, so yeah, they're they're you know, she tells her it was for cheerleading because mom obviously didn't even know what she was trying out for. And she says, well, it's for cheerleading. And her, then Buffy mom says, oh, good. That'll keep you out of trouble. And Buffy's like, I'm not in trouble. Uh, and her mom's like, well, not yet. And Buffy's like, wow. Wow, bro. Wow. And uh, 
She's like, well, I just mean, you know, you got in trouble. You know, you stopped cheerleading just before you got in trouble at the at your old school and got kicked out. So it's, it's good you're going back to it. And Buffy's like, okay. And then she looks into the crate Buffy had opened, and she's like, oh, oh my, it's a fertility statue. You don't need to see that. And um, she's just kind of, she goes back to doing her writing and checking stuff off and just completely kind of just fades out. And Buffy takes a quick peep in the crate and says, jeepers. Yes. Uh, That brings us back to the Sunnydale High School gymnasium, where our senior cheerleader is addressing our group of prospects, including Buffy, Cordelia, and Amy. Um, She says, despite what happened at the last tryouts, they still need to pick cheerleaders for the team. And that if they make it, their names will be posted in the quad after lunch. And then she tells oh, that them word, that, they're, quad. that they'll begin tryouts with uh, group performance. Um, Amy asks Buffy why her hands have to sweat when she's nervous. And Buffy reassures her that she'll do great. Um, we cut to the group performance, which consists of Buffy, Cordelia, Amy, and three unnamed students. Uh, they're going through their their cheer routine, um, and as they're ending it, they all cartwheel and to various degrees of success. And Amy manages to crash into Cordelia, causing Cordelia to fall. Um, Cordelia quickly recovers and uh, stands up, saying to whomever's judging off screen, "You saw that, right? That wasn't me. You saw that, right? Right?" Yeah, that's that's the only thing she cares about, right? Because um, once again, Cordelia is the is the show's bitch, right? Um, the cheer they were cheering, if anybody would like to know, is Sunnydale, Sunnydale, we never fail, never fail, jump and shoot, swish and score. The other team is such a bore. Wow, that is profound, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? I'm a little misty eyed. You should be. You should be. Um, anyway, we find ourselves once again in a hallway at Sunnydale High. Um, Amy, or yeah, Amy is, uh, admiring some cheer trophies in a case as Buffy approaches and stops to look with her. Amy motions to a picture in the case and tells Buffy that that's her mom. Buffy reads the name Catherine Madison. So we now know Amy's uh, name, Amy Madison. Um, Amy tells her that her mom's nickname was Catherine the Great, and (laughs) she made the team Tri-County Champions, something no one had done before and hasn't done since. Right, and I want to pause you right there. mm -hmm. Okay, maybe I heard it wrong. Maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know, but... So they're purporting that this Catherine the Great, Amy's mother had made the cheerleading team tri-county champions and they have never they had never done that before or since correct is, is that is correct that, correct okay. and they but they're but they're saying that Catherine was the reason that they won yes okay okay then it, all right and then it makes sense cuz the first time it went through I was like why what do you mean no one's ever done it before or since like are they saying like she like she alone carried the team on her back and you're saying yes, so, okay, I buy that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I love throwing you off, by the way. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, <laughs> uh, Buffy also, or I'm sorry, Amy also uh, tells Buffy that her mom and dad were homecoming king and queen and that they got married right after graduation, to which Buffy says that's romantic. Um, Amy follows that up by letting Buffy know that her dad was a loser, never made any money, and ran off with Miss Trailer Park when Amy was just 12. Oh, no, 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 no. It was Miss Trailer Trash. Was it? Yes, it was. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Um, uh, So uh, Buffy quips that that part is less romantic and tells Amy that her parents are split up too, which Amy just kind of brushes off. You know, she's kind of like, oh, that sucks. And then just keeps going on. Yeah, and about... that's that's a big moment in, in, in the character building of Buffy. That's the first time we find out that, you know, that's why she just is with her mom, that, that her mom and dad are, in fact, sep- separated or divorced. Or did she just say separated? Uh, she just said split. Split, yeah. So I guess you could take yeah. that as any way you right. wanted. Yeah. Um, so Amy keeps going on about how her dad left her mom with nothing and her mom raised her, uh, put herself through cosmetology school and bought Amy everything she ever wanted and never gained a single pound while doing it. Uh, because that mattered how? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Buffy says that Buffy tells Amy that her mom sounds great, but you know, tries to tell her that she doesn't need to follow her mom's path in cheerleading. Um, Amy begins to protest, saying that her mom was the best, and she just can't get her body to move like her mom's, and she completely choked during tryouts. Uh, Buffy reassures her that she did fine, uh, but Amy isn't having it, and she runs off, saying she's going to change, um, As and she ignores Willow, who says hi to her as she's approaching. Um, Willow asks Buffy if Amy's okay, and Buffy says no, and tells her Amy's wigging out about her mom, to which Willow uh, tells Buffy that um, Amy's mom is kind of Nazi-like, Buffy interjects, (laughs) um, to which Willow responds, Heil. Um, She proceeds to tell Buffy that um, if Amy's mom gains an ounce, she padlocks through fridge and won't eat anything but broth um that's so buffy says so mommy dearest is really mommy dearest yeah and for those of us or for those listeners that don't know look it up google it (laughs) you don't have to look it up i've taken the liberty i will take the liberty of informing you oh yes please do mommy this is now mommy dearest uh revisited mommy dearest is a 1981 a biopic um, about actress Joan Crawford, who was extremely abusive to her two adoptive children. Um, uh, Joan Crawford in the movie is played by Faye Dunaway, um, and it's based on a on a book by um, one of one of Joan's adopted children, her her little girl. I forget her name, but so that's what that reference is for 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 you youngins out there. For all you youngins. <laughs> um, so Willow says there's a bitter streak, but Amy's Amy's nice, and that they used to hang out in junior high, 
And when Amy's mom would go on one of her broth kicks, Amy would come over to Willow's house and they'd stuff themselves with brownies. Uh, Buffy asks Willow if she has heard anything about Amber as they turn away from the cheer memorabilia and move through the hall. Willow says she hasn't found anything thrilling. Uh, Amber's an average student. She got detention once for smoking, regular smoking with a cigarette, not like being smoky, <laughs> normal, normal stuff. Um, Buffy says they'll have to wait and see what happens. And maybe nothing will. Maybe nothing will, in fact. Uh, anyway, uh, then we uh, we pop into the um, girls' locker room slash showers um, there in the school where Amy had hustled off to earlier being upset. And she's changing or has has just changed and is done and kind of at her locker there. And she, she closes her locker and she hears like a noise. So she turns around and doesn't see anything and then turns the other direction and whoo, there's Cordelia. All up in her grill. Scary. Yeah, very scary. And uh, she says, you know, uh, my dream is to be a cheerleader and worshipped by the varsity boys. Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that if Amy's clumsiness took her out of the running today, she's going to be sorry. And it's like, what are you going to do, Cordelia? Annoy her to death? But, <laughs> yeah, she's going to be sorry. And Amy's like, okay. So then we bounce to Willow and Xander. They're walking outside. Can I? No, can you I, may not. You, 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 you quiet. You quiet yourself down. No. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I... I would just, I want to, I've kind of been looking for a good time to, to throw this in here. Amy is being played by actress Elizabeth Ann Allen. Okay. Um, she's, she only has 18 credits to her name. So she hasn't been in a lot. Um, but, uh, and it looks like she stopped acting around 2007. Um, but she did have reoccurring roles on, well, she did a episode of Saved by the Bell, Doogie Howser. Um, looks like she had a reoccurring role on Silk Stockings. Oh, um, the classic <laughs> Silk Stockings. Yes. Um, a TV show called Bull. Um, and she did a guest spot on ER right before she apparently retired from acting. Huh. Yeah, you know, I thought she did a, a really good job in this episode and... So yeah, I guess uh, maybe this yeah. the biz just didn't work out for. Her. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to I wanted to uh, name the actress and and uh, toss out some of her credits there. So thank you, James. That's why you are our research guru. <laughs> but anyway, um, then we bounce to um, outside of school, and Will, Willow and Xander walking walking and talking. And Xander thinks that since Buffy's wearing the bracelet that he gave to her earlier for the good luck thing, that it's like they're going out. And Willow says, yeah, except for the hugging, kissing, or the her knowing about it part. <laughs> and uh, Xander's like, you know, should I ask her out? And Willow says, well, you you know, you won't, won't know till you try. And so then Xander puts his foot right in his mouth by saying that, Gosh, he loves Willow. She's she's just like the a guy friend. She's just like one of the guys, but knows about girl stuff. And clearly, Willow's not happy with that. Um, yes, I yes. think that I think this is our first um, our first uh -huh. real. I think this is our first real um, 
idea presented in the show that Willow um, might have herself a little bit of a crush on Xander. Right. That's our first little inkling of that. Well, we'll come to find out later that, or maybe we already have found out that they've been best friends since they were like toddlers. Yeah. That was um, uh, in the first episode. Okay. Welcome to the Hellmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but she also clearly has a, uh, you know, a thing for Xander. Yeah. So, um, they're, uh, Xander notices that they're posting the list, um, for who made the cheerleading team, you know, that they had promised to post earlier out in the quad because that's where they are. So he trots over that area and Buffy and Amy are already, uh, waiting in the crowd in the back of the crowd. Um, and Amy's just, she's a nervous wreck. She, she says, I can't take this. And Xander comes, comes up to him and says, all right, cover me. I'm going in. And he forces his way up to the, uh, the front of the crowd up to the list and he starts reading it and right about that time Cordelia walks by and says looks at Amy and says huh you're lucky and Amy says oh I made it and she says no I made it and does her bitch strut and bitch struts away (laughs) and uh uh Xander makes it back over to uh Amy and Buffy and rubbing his head and says that some girl hit him really hard and they should test for steroids (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) and uh so he tells Buffy, he says, Buffy, your first alternate, Amy, is third. And Amy immediately runs away sad and, and you know, uh, Xander's like, well, what the hell, you know? I mean, she's just like, how much more can I practice? What more can I do, And you know, before she runs off? And this would have never happened to my mother, she says. And Xander doesn't get it. And it's explained to him that first alternate and third alternate aren't actually members of the team, they're only if someone else gets hurt or sick or can't show for a certain game is the only time they get to actually cheer. So, yeah. N- another uh, example of uh, foot-in-the-mouth syndrome. Yes, yes. To which Xander says, uh, I am uh, I am Xander, king of Cretans. May all lesser Cretans bow before me. Yeah, he's always got a good, <laughs> a good little quip. Yeah. Um, that will bring us to... Um, outside uh, a random house. Um, it's a nice-looking house. We pan over uh, a uh, fence. Um, we close in on the house, which is brick. Um, it, that takes us into uh, the same unknown room from earlier in the episode. Um, it seems brighter than before. Um we pan over a lot of the same objects from before, um, uh, flowers, uh, dolls, and various things hanging from the ceilings. Um, and we close in once again on the bubbling cauldron of green goo as our mysterious figure approaches it and stirs it. Um, and we hear in an indistinct... And we have a clip, if you'd like to play okay. it. Sure. Here's what the voice says. Scary. Spooky. 
So as our our unknown uh, uh, cloaked figure is um, reciting that uh, incantation spell, whatever, um, she grabs another cheerleader doll uh, from a, a hook hanging from the ceiling and wraps a piece of cloth around it before dropping it into the bubbling cauldron of green goo. Goo. Yes. We are then thrust back to the Summers home, uh, the kitchen once again. Uh, we yeah, they are... can clearly only afford to pay for one uh, Buffy home set this episode. Yes. Um, we have an extreme close-up of the Summers women's toaster as half of a bagel pops up, uh, which Buffy grabs and drops it onto a plate. Um, she walks over to the kitchen island, and we hear Joyce off screen telling Buffy she found her yearbook from junior year of high school. Um, as we pan to Joyce standing in the kitchen entrance holding the book, she opens it um, as she's walking over to Buffy and points herself out as she sets the book on the counter and goes to pour herself a cup of coffee. Buffy says, Buffy looks at the picture and she says that uh, she accepted that her mom has had sex, but she's not ready to know that she had fairer hair. <laughs> fairer uh, hair. Like Joyce nobody, Hunt. probably no one after our generation is even going to have a clue what that means. I, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let them know. Oh, you, you uh, Mr. Guru, you let them it's, know. It's referring to a very popular hairstyle worn by actress Farrah Fawcett in the 1970s. It was, it was the, it was the Rachel of there, the yeah, 70s. There you go. It was the original Rachel. It was, um, to which, uh, to which Joyce responds, correcting Buffy as she walks back over to her. It wasn't Farrah hair, it was Gidget hair. Yeah, which I didn't even know Gidget was like a big thing. She was. It was uh, Gidget hair was popularized by actress Sandra D in the 50s. Ah, see, now I thought Gidget was a Sally Field vehicle. Uh, remake. Ah, see, even I get to learn something new every day. See? And I'm old as fuck. <laughs> That's stop. Just um, stop it. <laughs> so anyway, um, where were we? See, you threw me off again. Oh, <laughs> Buffy says that was, it's partially my fault, but uh, Buffy says that's cool, but she has to go. And Joy says, "Hey, you know, you know, the whole cheerleading thing didn't work out. Maybe, maybe you want to give yearbook yearbook a try." You know? Yeah, because those two and, things are clearly related. Right. And Buffy's like, nah, ma, that's that's not really my it's not really my scene. I'm not I'm not uh feeling that vibe. And uh uh Joyce tells Buffy that she was the photo editor and she got to be on every page and it made her look much more popular than she actually was. And Buffy says, Yeah, are you familiar with the kids on yearbook staff? Like the nerds pick on those people. Yeah. And, and Joyce, Joyce takes that one to heart a little bit. She gets upset and uh, she tells Buffy that the best time she had in high school 
we're working on your book. And Buffy's like, that's great, but I'm not you. And I'm into my own stuff, you know, doing my own thing. To which Buffy says that whatever Buffy's own thing is got her kicked out of school. And they had to move to Sunnydale to find a decent school that would even take Buffy. Uh, which she pretty quickly realizes may not have been the best approach, might not have been, you know, the wisest way to to handle that situation. Um, and she tries to salvage it, but Buffy's not having any of it. She turns and walks out, and Joyce kind of berates herself uh, a little bit for her her parenting style. James, were you ever a member of your high school yearbook staff? I was not. I was not. Nor was I. Nor was I. Anyway, that was flatter than 4 o'clock, so I'll just push on and pretend that I didn't try that little bit. Wait, what? Exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, So anyway, we bumped to uh, Will and Xander. They're at their lockers and um, talking, and Cordelia walks by kind of kind of out of it looking you know kind of almost like a zombie and uh, Xander calls out and says uh, Cordelia you haven't been mean to me all day is it something I've done and she just continues on about her way just kind of walking just it's just odd kind of zombified down the hallway and you know uh, Xander goes back to pining over Buffy and saying you know he's got to be a man and and just ask her out and stop, you know, giving her silly gifts and innuendos and taking Polaroids outside her bedroom at night. Then he goes, <laughs> that part was a joke. And anyway, here she comes. So then he gets all nervous because here she comes. She's coming down the hall. And Buffy spots Cordelia, who's like at another locker, just just kind of fumbling with the lock. And as Buffy gets up to uh, Xander and Willow, she says, is, is that even Cordelia's locker? And, um, meanwhile, Xander's trying pathetically to, um, ask Buffy out, but Buffy's just totally preoccupied with how weird Cordelia, uh, seems to be acting. And, um, so, uh, she bails because Cordelia, you know, leaves that locker and continues kind of fumbling a different direction. And, um, so Buffy just bails mid, mid Xander pathetic attempts of uh, asking her out and because she wants to follow Cordelia. And uh, so, yeah, Xander has crashed and burned. Yes. I have in my notes that he uh, he makes the falling and exploding bomb sound effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty bad. <laughs> and then uh, Cordelia, um, she she's outside the school now, kind of wandering through the, I, I guess as we've learned, it's called the quad and uh, Buffy's following her, kind of from a distance, you know, not trying to be all up in her grill. And we see that Cordelia is going to driver's ed class. And Cordelia's late. And it's her turn to drive, the teacher says. She says she doesn't want to drive today. But the teacher sal- says, you've already failed twice. So you better do your thing or you'll be taking the bus to college. So the teacher, the other students, and Cordelia... Uh, load up into the car, um, and, you know, all the while Buffy's looking on to all this from a distance, and, um, you know, he tells her, okay, um, well, how does it, uh, check your mirror, and she doesn't do it, and um, 
I forget some check something else. She doesn't do that either. Uh, the break. Yeah, the break. There you go. And then he uh, he says he's just like oh whatever and he start the car. So she starts the car, tells her to put it in um, drive and go you know easily and carefully and start going through this kind of obstacle course of you know orange cones and whatnot. She just mm-hmm. immediately puts it in the wrong gear, floors it. And then all hell breaks loose. The car's just going everywhere. She's just zipping all around, tearing up cones, and, you know, just it's it's madness. And she's screaming, and everybody, the, the teacher's losing his mind. And suddenly they, the car bursts um, through the uh, fencing area, so off the school property out into the middle of the street. And Cordelia then slams on the brakes, and a car just narrowly misses uh the student's car, so just narrowly avoids uh, uh, lots of uh, death and destruction. And uh, the teacher's like, everybody out, which I think that's probably the last thing you want to do in that situation. <laughs> right. But right. we'll just go with it. So, um, you know, Cordelia gets out kind of like she's drunk and s- just stands in the street. And you see this huge, what looks like a UPS-style truck, um, just barreling down the street right towards her, and she's clearly going to be a pancake. And she she sees it, and she just holds her face and screams, and then, da-da, Buffy flies in out of nowhere, kind of jumps over the, the student car, um, plows into Cordelia, and they both go flying out of the way of the truck, and just in time. And Cordelia says, what's happening? What's happening? I can't see anything. And Buffy looks at her, and Cordelia's eyes are totally white, so and she is completely blind. Yes. Which, so to fall back a little bit, um, as you mentioned uh, uh, at the near beginning of, of these couple of scenes, um, Cordelia was walking around almost zombie-like, like she wasn't, you know, all there. And I don't know if that was just... Um, bad direction from the director yeah or or poor choice from charisma carpenter but nothing about cordelia's performance earlier in the scene would have given the slightest inkling that she was having trouble seeing yeah well i thought the same thing and then i thought well maybe the idea was that she um the eye, the, the losing the eyesight thing happened like at the very end of the whole ordeal, and maybe this this evil spell that was been put on her started as something different, you know, to make her out of sorts or not feel quite right or there, you know. Uh, that's just right. a guess, or like you said, right. it was bad direction or just maybe a bad bad uh, acting uh, choice in that situation. Right. Um, <clears throat> I will say that. Um... Once we're in the car, we do get a couple of brief um, POVs uh, from Cordelia looking at the dash, and you see that it's extremely blurry to her. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. which is what causes her. To yeah, like the, put the like car the, in the like the eyesight gear. problem thing just kind of kicked in as she was as she was in the right, car. Right. But who really um, knows? So that brings us back to the Sunnydale High Library. The teams gathered at a table. Giles um, rather excitedly says, 
witchcraft blinding your enemy to disorient and disable them is it's classic and xander uh, says something to the effect of you know no wonder you can still get a cheap house here in sunnydale with vampires and witches running around and giles uh, asks why anyone would want to hurt cordelia and willow says willow says maybe they met her (laughs) Um, and then giles questions you know well what about lighting amber on fire and xander's like yeah those guys they they don't hang out you know Uh, at which point buffy points out that they are both cheerleaders and giles says someone doesn't like cheerleading and buffy says or they like it too much to which her and willow both exclaim amy and xander says so you guys are leaning towards amy yeah because they're like amy amy so you guys are leaning towards amy (laughs) um buffy points out to everyone that she's desperate to get on the team and that she would probably do just about anything to make her mom's dream come true and giles is basically like hold up let me make sure i'm picking up what you guys are putting down there's a witch casting spells so that she can be a cheerleader horrible disfiguring spells he says and buffy's like you're i think you're underestimating the kind of pressure a parent can put on you if you're not a picture perfect carbon copy they tend to wig out which i think is a callback to the discussion she had with her mom earlier and the you know the whole wanting her to be a, a yearbook staffy right um Willow points out that cheerleading was pretty much Amy's mom's last last big go around at anything worthwhile or accomplishing anything. Um, so Xander says, um, we have to stop Amy, so we should grab her. Uh, Giles interrupts him, and he's like, we should probably make sure we're barking up the right tree here before we do anything. We don't want to make her suspicious because she's pretty capable of fairly unpleasant things. Um, Buffy gets up and she's like, okay, um, you're in the high school. You're desperate to make the cheerleading team. Make your mom happy. You turn to witchcraft. What's the first thing you're going to do? And Willow says, check out books on witchcraft. So she and Buffy go over to the computer to presumably look up the um, online card catalog. Um, Xander starts to have a little bit of a, a panic. He's like, ah, oh, that'd be the last thing you'd do. You don't, you don't want to leave a paper trail. Don't forget about that. Will is like, nah, it, it'll just take a minute. Xander in the meantime has gotten up and has moved behind them. And he's like, we don't have a minute. You know, cheerleaders are in danger. Buffy's in danger. And he tells Buffy, you're the first alternate. Cordelia's out. You're on the team now. You could be next. We we should get you to a safe house. And Willow's like, Xander, Xander, what? And Willow lets out a deep breath and she reads, Witches, Historic Roots to Modern Practice, checked out by Alexander Harris. And Buffy chimes in, The Pagan Rites, checked out by Alexander, at which point Xander cuts them off. And he's like, okay, it's not what you think. Willow says, you like to look at the semi-nude engravings? 
And Xander's like, well, I guess it is what you think. <laughs> um, we should also point out this is the first time we learn Xander's uh, full first name is Alexander, which I guess we probably could have surmised. Well, I don't know, because I remember when I was watching the show back in the day, I I didn't put the two together. I was like, oh, that's a kind of a strange name. And then when you find out it's Alexander, then I felt a little It stupid. makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. It's not Xander's just turns out it's not just some weird hippy dippy name. Yeah, I kind of felt like an idiot. I was like, oh, Xander <laughs> would be short for Alexander, but so Giles is kind of kind of had enough of the kids being foolish for right now, and he's like, are you are you guys done? Or can we can we move on? It's like we have to find a conclusive test, and he picks up a book and he's like, there might be something in here. And he pretty quickly finds what he's looking for. And he tells yeah, them like on the first page. <laughs> right. Um, and he's like, you're going to need some of her hair, some Quicksilver, some Aqua Fortis. And Will's yeah, like, I, my notes said Aqua something or other because I didn't have the <laughs> subtitles. And I was like, I haven't. I listened to him like six times. And I was like, I have no <laughs> idea what he said after Aqua. Um, so Willow's like, oh, that's that's just mercury and nitric acid. We can we can get that from the science lab. And Giles continues reading. He says, you know, heat the ingredients and apply it to the witch. And if the witch has cast a spell in the last forty eight hours, her their skin will turn blue. Um, he shuts the book and he's like, oh, by the way, you're gonna need some eye of newt. Eye of newt. How classic. Yes. So we cut to the science class where, guess what? They're dissecting frogs that day. Isn't that a coinky dink What a coincidence. Right? Thank goodness. So, you know, he's talking science shit and, you know, science stuff is occurring because it's science class. And Xander's trying to cut the eye out of the dead frog and he just he puts the scalpel down and says I, I just can't do this so Willow picks it up pretty quickly pops it right out and drops it in the little uh, flask that they're putting this because by the way they're making this potion in science class as their you know class is going on so apparently it's that's normal I guess so she pops the uh, the eye of Newt into the little concoction there and then uh Buffy makes her way over to where Amy's sitting and kind of starts up a ridiculous conversation. She's like, oh, Amy, help. Um, uh, which one is the, what What'd she say, the the hydrochloric acid and which one's something else? And yeah, and Amy's yeah. like, well, normally the one that says hydrochloric acid is the one that's hydrochloric acid. And she's like, oh, haha, yeah, that's true. And yeah, Buffy's, like, Buffy's like, oh, read the labels. Read the label. <laughs> Reading for the win. And uh, then she pretends like she drops her pencil and she's like, oh, and she bends down to pick the pencil up. And, you know, Amy's um, purse, backpack, I'm not sure what that is. There at her feet, she sees Amy's hairbrush. So she quickly reaches in there and pinches off a little bit of her hair. So, boom, they just scored some hair for the potion. And uh, so uh, Buffy makes her way back over to... uh, Xander and Willow and gives uh, Willow the hair and she pops that into the flask and mixes it down in there. And then they let it heat for a while. And then she pours, Willow pours the mixture into like a little test tube thingy 
I'm not a science guy, so I'm probably using the wrong terms, but like a test tube thingy is what I called it. Uh, yeah. And then I get, used to call them. I used to call them shot glasses. Oh, okay. There you go. That'll work too. <laughs> and then she uh, gives it to uh, gives it to Buffy, and there, she's like, "So, what's the plan?" And Buffy's like, "Well, spill it on her and try to make it look natural." So that's the plan. And Xander says, "Right behind you, only further back," and which means he's really not going to be behind her at all. And so Buffy makes her way back over to Amy and just. Like the plan said, just kind of goes, oops, and pours it on her arm. And lo and, and behold, oh, go ahead. I I would just like to say the plan was spill it on her, try and make it look natural. And she succeeded in spilling it on her, but it was the, it was the most unnatural looking. Yeah, it definitely wasn't natural looking. That's, that's, right. that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, lo and behold, it's blue. And as... Giles told us in the last scene, if it turns their skin blue, that means they've cast a spell within the last 48 hours. So, bam, <gasps> they got their witch all up in this science class. And they're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, a girl in the class starts making all this noise, and it like muffled yells. And everybody turns and looks, and what do they see? The girl has no mouth. Their mouth is gone. Like the first Matrix when Neo's mouth is deleted, yes. basically. And everybody's right. just kind of freaked. And even Amy, like, is looking and she's like, the fuck? Yep. And, yep. Uh, yeah, so that's that scene. Yes. The the uh, classmate's name uh, who lost her mouth was Lashane. Yes, she, Lashane, uh, Lashane, an, an old, an she, old uh, war friend of mine. She was, she was one of the uh, one of the other young ladies on the uh, uh, part of the um, group performance during the cheerleader tryouts with Cordelia, uh, Buffy, and Amy. Um, the Alas, teacher's name. Poor Lashane no longer has a mouth. Uh, our science teacher's name is Doctor Gregory. For anybody that's interested, I I was waiting for that with bated breath. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have the actor's name or any credits or Lashane's for that matter. God but, damn you, James. But that's that is that's who they are in the confines of of our show. Then we cut to the hallway, mm-hmm. and the gang doesn't think she knows what she's doing. Because the test was definitely positive, but she seemed to be, you know, freaked out, too, by the whole mouthless girl thing. Right. So they're like, well, we should talk to her mother, you know, and see if she knows what she's created, you know. Because they're they're kind of blaming, like, everything Amy's doing, they're kind of putting at the feet of her mother. Because, obviously, her mother is a very demanding um just screwed up yeah domineering wants to live her life through her daughter type person so they're like you know we need to take this to mommy dearest and uh see what's up with that yep and the next scene is what james we uh cut to amy's house she walks through the front gate um angry determined um the i did like the um the gate has a little gargoyle face on it. Yes, I enjoyed that. Definitely, I like, I like gargoyles. Definitely a. Um, I called it. I mean, it is a gargoyle, but 
I think what they were going for was some type of demonic visage, you know, trying to right. sprinkle some breadcrumbs for you. Right. Um, so then we cut inside the house. Amy comes in and looks around for her mom. She yells, where are you? And we cut to her mom, um, Catherine, as played by actress Robin Riker. Ooh, um, any relation to Will? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Um, okay. That that'll that'll resonate with our our fans that are also Trekkies. I'm sure it will. That's that's uh, that's what I was going for. Um, uh, Robin Riker. Um, she's been in a lot of things. She's got over a hundred credits. Yeah, she definitely has um, one of those familiar, you know, right. character actor television, you know, faces. Yeah, she was on. Um, uh, she was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is funny because that gets a shout out here in this episode. Yeah. Um, she was did episodes of Murder She Wrote, uh, Thunder Alley, Diagnosis Murder. Um, uh, stints on pretty much every soap opera, Days of Our Lives, um, uh, The Bold and the Beautiful. She was on an episode of Bones. Um, I always and, wanted to. I always wanted to write a soap opera and call it The Meek and the Ugly. Okay, I'm well, just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, well, I mean, we can work on that in between podcasting if you want. Sure, let's do it. I mean, you, I mean, hell, Hollywood will fucking make anything these days. So. <laughs> Yeah, they made the slap, so yeah. I mean, let's fuck. Let's roll the dice. Um, I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I I knew I recognized this actress, but I wasn't sure exactly where I had seen her for from. And then uh, when I was looking for her through her credits, I saw that she had made an appearance on uh, Wizards of Waverly Place, and right away I was like, "That's it. That's where I know her." From. Ooh, okay, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to. Uh... Fill me in there. What what would that be? It was a it was a Disney Disney show starring uh, Selena Gomez. Okay, you're going to have to fill me in there. Uh, who's Selena Gomez? <laughs> you know we can we can go into that off off uh, off podcast. Oh oh okay okay we can, okay. We can fill that. We can we can talk about all that. Roger that. <laughs> Just in the interest of time. Sure sure sure. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, she's just a ton of credits. Um, so we, uh, cut to Catherine. Um, she quickly turns off the TV and gets up. Amy finally spots her and she says another productive day in front of the TV, um, to which her mom's kind of glances back over her shoulder and Amy tells her she has a history report report due tomorrow, uh, and she, and to write it for her, um, her mom just exhales deeply and Amy says I should be on the team by now but instead Miss Buffy and her friends are sneaking around stealing bits of my hair her mom shakes her hand and or shakes her head uh, as Amy opens her hand and drops Buffy's bracelet that Xander gave her so um, she's also an accomplished uh, pickpocket yes okay um uh, Amy tells her mom she'll be upstairs and her mom watches her leave, watches her go upstairs. Where, which point we cut to uh, the next morning, presumably the next morning. We're in Buffy's room. Um, 
she's in bed still asleep the room is a mess um her alarm goes off um buffy smashes it with her slayer strength um and she lets out a uh cheerful little oops and then we cut to the kitchen joyce is making orange juice fresh squeezed and buffy strolls in dancing singing a awful awful rendition of macho man um wearing her cheerleader outfit is there a good rendition of macho man yeah the original oh okay excuse me i'm sorry i apologize (laughs) um so uh buffy grabs a glass of juice she's like drinks it down and she says quality juice not from concentrate uh joyce gives her a look he's like you're in a good mood and buffy says i am I'm I'm on the cheerleading team. That's great because um, I feel like cheering and leading others to cheer. And then she notices another glass of juice and takes it, drinks it down right away. And Joyce is like, you know, listen, yesterday I was Buffy cuts her off and she's like, hey, water under the bridge. It's not like you were wrong. I did get kicked out of school. I'm just wacky that way. And Buffy, I would like to point out as this is happening that Buffy is in a atrociously good mood. Like Yeah, like she's yeah, like she's smoked some really good reefer recently. Yeah, like like beyond and granted we're only three episodes in, but it's beyond uh, a happy mood that we've seen Buffy in thus far. And really beyond any sort of um good mood any normal human being uh should, should be ever in. be in. Right. Um, uh, Joyce is like, you know, still, you know, despite whatever problems you've had, really, um, Buffy cuts her off again. And she's like, you don't get it. Believe me, you don't want to. You know, there's just some things about being a vampire slayer that, and Joyce is like, hold up, what? And Buffy's like, it's a long story. And Joyce asks her if she's feeling well. And Buffy's like, me? Yeah, I'm fine. Like, I can't, I, I can't be in a good mood like is it a a new rule she's like fine you know it's just fine 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 and then she sings starts singing macho man again and leaves the kitchen and mom is like okay yeah yeah um and then we are in the gym and what's going on in the gym well murder is going on. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's, it's <laughs> a drastic turn. Uh, it's cheerleader practice, actually. Not unex- yet also not unexpected for the show we're watching. Exactly. I mean, that could be totally something that, you know, that would happen in this show. So, right. Not it totally out of the realm of possibility. Right. It, we could very easily transition from Buffy cheerfully singing Macho Man to straight up murder yeah brutal vicious visceral murder right but what it actually is is cheerleading practice and um you know buffy's there and she's still in her wild wacky way too happy mood and she um you know they're they're practicing some some you know cheers i guess you call them again i'm not a this cheerleading thing is you know latin to me but they're practicing. I want to. I I would like to take an opportunity right now to apologize to any uh, cheerleaders that might be listening to the podcast. Yeah, on Jeremy's behalf. Me as well, because I'm just being honest. I know absolutely dick about uh, cheerleading or 
what you do as a cheerleader. I mean, I, I get the obvious, you're cheering for the team, but I mean, you know, beyond that, I, I have no clue. So they're doing um, a routine, we'll call it a routine. They're practicing a routine, and Buffy steps on the girl's foot next to her with her slayer strength, apparently. And the girl's like, ow, you know, like, what the fuck, bro? And the leader of the cheerleading squad is, says, get it together, Buffy. We have a game in less than four hours. So they go back to practicing and whatnot. Around that time, Xander and Willow walk into the gym. And Buffy gets crazy happy and excited that they're there. And she's all like, you know, oh, my God, oh, my God, there they are, my buds, my friends, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just way, way out of line. <laughs> just, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so, <laughs> she, uh, they get her calmed down, and she's like, oh, oh sorry. And um, I think it's Willow that says, is it me or is Buffy looped? Or maybe it was Xander that said that. And, uh, yeah. I don't think it really matters, but. It does. Somebody it says it was, it was it was Xander, but it doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. And um, he's like, "We better get her out of there before she." And right as he says, "Before she," they're doing this deal where one girl is helping another girl do kind of like a like a back cartwheel deal thing, kind of. They're called they're called aerials. Okay, aerial. She's helping her do an aerial, and uses the old Slayer strength and throws to Michigan. And is like, oops. And then that's when the cheerleading um, leader, I guess we're going to call her, says, you are so out of here. And she's like, who's our next alternate? And guess who it is? It's, is it Amy? It is Amy. How did <gasps> you know? Now, here's where my question comes in. Okay. Earlier, when mm-hmm. Xander told them, uh, you know, their positions when he had read it from the list. He said, Buffy, you're the first alternate. Amy, you're the third alternate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with Buffy being out and she was the first alternate, mm-hmm. wouldn't the second alternate be the next one up, not Amy? So it, it would work like this. Cordelia's out. That brings up Buffy as the first alternate. Okay. Lashane is out because she oh, no longer has a mouth. mouthless Lashane. I had forgotten about poor Lashane. So that would bring in your second alternate. And now Buffy oh. just got herself kicked off the squad. So that brings in Amy as our third alternate. That would be my dog. Uh, apologies. Um, okay, but yes, I heard everything you said, and I follow what you're saying now. I could not figure that out in my head before I was like, what? They just skipped to, okay. Now I get it. Makes sense. That's what I'm here for. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I keep you around. I'll keep you on the payroll. So we're getting paid. Wait, what? (laughs) Did I say that out loud? (laughs) So anyway, yeah, Amy is the new alternate and, uh, and Buffy's like, no, 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 no. You don't want her because she's a wit. And before she can get the word witch out, Xander covers her mouth and he and Willow pull her away, um, you know, out of the gym, out into the hall. And she's like, oh, Xander, you know, oh, I love you so much. You're totally like one of the girls. And that just crushes Xander, even though he did the same thing to Willow a few scenes back. 
So now he kind of sees what it feels like. Um, then all of a sudden, Buffy's like, whoa, I don't feel so good. And she gets kind of woozy, and she seems like she's getting dizzy. And then whoop, she just passes out, and they, she just kind of slithers to the floor, and they, they're like, the fuck? <laughs> then we go, we're in the library. And at this point, they've gotten um, Buffy back awake, conscious, and um, she's sitting in a chair, kind of kind of laid back, and they have a cloth on her head. And she's looking pretty ragged. She's really pale-looking, kind of pasty, sweaty-looking. You know, it just doesn't look good. And Willow's like, we got to get her to the hospital. And Giles is like, they can't help her. This is a bloodstone vengeance spell, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> and... He says it hits the body hard like a quart of alcohol, then eradicates the immune system. So, like, you know, AIDS on steroids, I guess. And I was like, wow, that's a really nasty spell. Okay. That that kind of escalated from taking someone's mouth away to, you know, horrific, you know, disease. But, okay. So, um... You know, and they and they talk about that. They're like, you know, with the others, she just wanted them out of the way, out of the running, so it wasn't anything major. But obviously, she wants to kill Buffy. So Willow's like, well, how much time do we have? And before he can answer, Buffy's like, you know, be honest, just give it to me straight. What, what are we really looking at? And Giles is like, a couple of hours, three at the most. And Xander's like, well, how do we reverse it? And Giles has been researching, and they, they can reverse all the spells that Amy has done if they can get her spell book. And if not, you know, Xander's like, well, what if, what, if, what if we can't get that book? And Giles says, well, then we have to cut the witch's head off. So Xander says, well, okay, let's cut off her head. Uh, you know, he doesn't care. He only cares that Buffy goes on breathing. Um, so, of course, they're not going to do that right away. I mean, this is network television. Uh, so, um, they're like, well, where would she cast her spells? It, it would have to be a sacred place, um, a pentagram, a large pot. And I think it's Willow that says, well, it's gotta be her home. And Buffy's like, well, let's do this thing. So she makes them help her get up. And she's like, me and Giles will go. Um, Xander and Willow, you guys should stay behind keep an eye on Amy, you know, while they're gone and keep her out of the science lab because when they get the book, they're going to need to go back to the science lab to do the spell to, you know, to reverse, to do all these counter spells. So she kind of throws her arm around Giles and he just kind of leads her out and off they go. I would like to say uh, that um, I believe in the three episodes so far, this is our first instance of what will become kind of a uh, not not permanent, but it lasts for a while uh, signature trait of Giles's, which is the kind of nervous uh, stammer. Um, when they're talking about a sacred place, he says, oh, she needs a, a sacred space, a, a pentagram, um, large pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of just shoots everything out really quick. And he's like, right. Right, and that's um, like I said. It it's our first our first instance, I believe, um, in in these three episodes so far, where 
where we see that and it it kind of becomes a a character trait so. yeah he's he's very he, you can tell he's very um worried and very scared for buffy yes cuz this um, ain't no joke right also um since you asked a bloodstone vengeance spell is a spell meant to destroy uh, an enemy the initial symptoms are similar to the ingestion of large amounts of alcohol including extreme euphoria and severely dis- diminished uh, motor coordination and over the course of a few hours the spell will completely eradicate the target's immune system and kill them now so did you go to darkwitchcraft.com for that or i i had to go to the deepest depths of the dark web oh okay okay so you had to get to bust out the tour and all that yeah i'm I'm not the master researcher for nothing okay right right i mean i'm not questioning your 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 methods i was just curious i do i do what i gotta do i may uh have since finding that had to have um gotten a new computer um and made sure that the old one can't be traced back to me. But gotcha. That's gotcha. Ne- neither here nor there. Right, right, right. <laughs> and um, what uh, what happens next? We see Giles and Buffy uh, pulling up to Amy's house in Giles's beat up, rundown Citron sixty seven um, Citron DS twenty one. Yes. Which, um, as you well know, sir. And you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Go for it. Happens please. to be Duncan McLeod's Paris car in the Highlander television series. Although his is not the, his is the, his is also a D series, but it's not the, uh, the DS, uh, basically Euro station wagon version. His is more of a four door, um, coupe. Right. So and his is more, and his is cool. Right. Uh, I was going to say considerably cooler and, in considerably better shape than Giles. Yes, very, very good shape. And I believe his, I could be wrong, but I believe his is an early 70s, uh, whereas this one I believe is a, is a 67. Giles, I believe, is a 67. I believe gotcha. that uh, McLeod's is a like a 72-ish. Gotcha. Um, but yes, that's our Highlander nerddom coming out once <laughs> again. Uh, so then we're, we're inside the house, um, Amy's mom, Catherine, is sitting there. She's got a plate of brownies in her lap. Um, she takes a bite of one, which when I was watching, um, I was like, that seems weird for a woman who goes on a strictly broth diet if she gains too much weight. Right. She's like stuffing herself with brownies, just like Willow said earlier. Right. Um, there's a knock on the door. Um, Catherine looks up startled more knocking um buffy's looking just she's they might as well be knocking on death's door the way buffy looks yeah she's horrible Um, looking uh catherine uh, gets rid of the plate tosses it under the coffee table as giles is knocking again and she gets up and opens the door she's like yo who are you you i hear you knocking but you can't come in yo 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 who dis (laughs) um Giles addresses her as Miss Madison, Mrs. Madison, tells her we need to talk about your daughter. And she says, I'm not a lot. You'll have to come back later and tries to close the door. But Giles stops her 
pushes his way in. Um, he's like, excuse me. And she's all like, what, bro? Um, he's helping Buffy. He asks her if he's all right, looking for a place for her to sit. Um, leads her into the living room. Um, and he says to Catherine, uh, your daughter's meddling with something very dangerous. You know, are you aware? And she's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, I think you do. And she's like, you got to get out of here. Amy's going to be home soon. Giles cuts her off and points to Buffy. And he's like, she's she's very sick. And he gets angry. And he's like, you're going to shut up and you're going to listen. Your daughter is messing with some very powerful magics. And somehow your obsession with cheerleading. And Catherine cuts him off. She's very incredulous. And she says, I could care less about cheerleading. It's not my fault she's doing this this stuff. And Buffy takes note of the brownies and kind of starts to it looks like the wheels are turning. She's she's putting she's putting some pieces together. There's a puzzle forming. And Giles is still talking to Catherine and she's like, you know, you're a mom. You should assume some sort of responsibility for what she's doing. And Catherine's laughing and she's like, well, kids today and she calms down and she's like, she's crazy. She's like, ever since dad, her dad booked it, I can't control her. Uh, Buffy in her weakened state stands up and Giles says to Catherine, you're afraid of her. And before she can answer, Buffy says, Amy. And Catherine looks at Buffy and you can see it in Catherine's face. She realizes that the jig is up and Giles kind of gives Buffy a puzzled look and Buffy says, are you Amy? And Giles is like, I don't understand. And turns back to Catherine and Buffy's like, she switched. She switched your bodies, didn't she? And Catherine looks down like the, she's clearly been found out. And Giles is like, holy shit and Buffy's like she wanted to relive her glory days and Catherine turns back to them and is like she said I was wasting my youth so she took it and brutal dude yeah so uh, Catherine has freaky Friday her own daughter and is living in Amy's body to try and relive her glory days yeah that's pretty sick bro it is it is. So uh, we're still in uh, Amy's house. Everyone's on the couch now. Catherine is is babbling. You know, Catherine slash Amy. Um, she's distraught. Um, she's saying, I didn't know anything about my mom's powers. You know, her and dad would fight and he'd call her a witch. And I just thought, you know, he was calling her a name. And she says when he left... Uh, I wanted to go with him, but mom wouldn't let me. She wouldn't even let me call him. She went crazy. She'd lock herself upstairs for days. and She was always coming down on me, telling me I didn't deserve to have it so easy. And I didn't know how hard it was to be her. I guess she showed me, huh? So Buffy takes her hand and tells her it's going to be okay. And Catherine, Amy tells her you know a few months ago uh, 
she woke up in her bed. She didn't know where she was and looked her in the mirror and she was her mom. And Giles clarifies she locked herself upstairs. Catherine Amy says, yes, Giles wants to know where. Uh, at which point we cut to the attic, which turns out to be the mysterious room we had seen twice earlier in the episode. Um, Giles breaks the door in um, and starts to look around. Catherine, Amy is behind him. Um, she tries to stop him. She's like, you know, if she knows, if she knows I've been in here, she'll kill me. And Giles is walking around. He's avoid, he avoids the cauldron and he looks at the rack of hanging dolls and he sees two of the dolls bound together. Um, uh, and, uh, for the body switching spell and he's uh just horrified and he tells Catherine Amy I believe we can reverse your mother's spell and he's to all of them and he lets go of the dolls and she's like really you can and he tells her we need to find the, her books that she'd need very specific volumes um for the kind of magic she's casting um he keeps looking around some more. He finds a trunk, uh, knocks some stuff off, and he tells her, uh, collect the dolls and any other personal effects. He starts to open the trunk, and uh, a black cat jumps out, jump scare. Um, Giles calms down and pulls a book out of the trunk, and he's like, this is it. This is what we've been looking for. Um, uh, we cut to... Giles and Catherine coming down the stairs and back into the living room. Buffy wants to know if they found it. Buffy says they did and tells her to come on. He helps her up from the couch. She's gotten considerably weaker from where she was even when they got there. And Catherine, Amy wants to know where they're going. Giles tells her to the school um, and Giles at this point has to pick Buffy up in his arms and carry her. And he tells Catherine, Amy, and you're coming with us. And he will not be told no. Right. <laughs> so then we fade into kind of an, kind of an odd scene. It's, um, it's a, the basketball game is going on. Um, I believe this is the first time we see the school's um, mascot name, which is they're the Sunnydale Razorbacks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've seen that before or not. It's the first time I've noticed it. Um, I don't think we saw the name, but I think we saw the mascot on the banner that Buffy pulled down to put out uh, Amber's hands with. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, here we see it in writing for the first time that they're the Sunnydale Razorbacks. And anyway, um, you know, Amy and the cheerleaders are doing their thing, um, you know, cheering, rah, 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 shish, boom, ball, all that stuff. And... Xander and Willow were in the crowd of the game doing what, what they were told to do, which was keep an eye on Amy. Who's Amy, who's very, clearly very ecstatic to be there. Oh, yeah, she's quite happy. Be be a part of the squad. Right. And we kind of we kind of fade away from that scene, and we fade into Giles and Buffy and uh, Catherine, Amy, <laughs> entering the science room back at the school. Um, Giles puts Buffy on the table. I mean, she looks like she's about 10 minutes from death. Um, 
he takes his jacket off, rolls it up, put it under, puts it under her head, um, and he's just like, you know, I'm gonna help you. That I'm, 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 I'm gonna save you, basically. You know, I promise. Then we fade back to more of the cheerleading, you know, more rah rah shish boom bah, and then we fade back into the science room again, and we see that there's a a potion is bubbling, and um, Giles is reciting a spell. Uh, part English, part Latin. Um, I'll just, uh, I'll play a clip and uh, everybody can hear for themselves what this sounds like. Right. Here we go. The center is dark. Centrum est obscurus. The darkness breathes. The nebre respiratus. The listener hears. Hear me. Hear me. Yes, so he's uh he's busting out the uh English Latin uh incantations and uh it's at this time we notice that um fake Amy and real Amy or uh, I guess you should just say the two Amys start seeing through each other's eyes briefly, just very briefly, like as if the spell is trying to uh, undo itself and um the Catherine Amy that's with Giles is like, it's working, it's working. And uh, you see Amy um, back in the gym, and she clearly knows like something's something's going on. She knows something's up. Um, so she, um, she's. I think she kind of puts two and two together that something is going on. She knows where to go, obviously, because she saw through her through the other eyes briefly. So she just walks out of the gym mid-cheer and starts heading that way. And, you know, Willow and Xander are like, oh, shit. So they go after her. And uh, Willow comes flying up and tries to stop her, um, you know, trying to um, basically just distract her while Xander's, like, quietly trying to sneak up from behind. And at the very last second, she turns around, and like force chokes Xander, like straight Sith fucking force chokes him, and like just he just crumbles to the ground, like, and you know Willow's like Xander, and Amy turns back to her and just throws like this wicked right cross and just KOs Willow just flat on the floor, and uh, then we cut back to into the science room again, and Giles is still chanting and all that weird shit and. Uh, we cut back and we'll see Amy. She's just like, just rolling through the school like the Terminator, you know, on a mission. And she's just flinging doors open and, you know, working her way to the science room. And she gets there and it's double locked, you know, no way in. So she looks over, sees a, a handily placed axe on the wall, like a fire axe behind glass, which she proceeds to just punch the glass, no problem. Pulls the axe out and starts going to town, axing the door to get in. And everybody's like Amy mom or Catherine mom, Catherine Amy, whatever. The one inside the room with Giles is like, oh, snap. <laughs> and uh, she finally cuts through the door, busts it open. And she's about, she just walks like basically straight to Buffy, who's laying on that table, lifts the axe up, is about to chop her. And you hear Giles scream, release. And apparently that's was the end of the spell, and phew, Amy and Catherine switch back to their appropriate bodies. And so now Amy is, like, holding the axe, and she's like, the fuck? 
And, you know, Catherine is like, oh, hells no. And so now that they're back in their right bodies, that's when uh, uh, Amy, like, Giles comes running up to Catherine. I guess he's going to try to subdue her. But she spins and, like, does, like, a force throws the table at him. I swear this is all, like, Jedi stuff. And she force throws the table at Giles. The table bumps into him. He's KO'd. And then she looks at Amy and force pulls the axe to herself. Again, Jedi. So the axe is now in her hands. And she says, I'm going to put you where you can't make trouble again. However, Buffy's behind her and says, I feel better now. And she uppercuts Catherine to Manitoba. And so then they start going at it. She force pushes Buffy across the room, slams her into a wall, and she begins chanting this spell, and it's getting all dark and swirly around her and evil-looking. And she's like, I forget what, I didn't write it down, what the final, like, so-and-so take her, something like that. Corsheth. Yeah, Corsheth, my old friend. Corsheth, uh, take her. And as the energies come out of her hand and shoot towards Buffy, Buffy knocks this mirror down in front of her, which makes the dark energies bounce off of the mirror and hit Catherine, who immediately just uh, is gone. Just poof. It just absorbs her and no more Catherine. And ding dong. The witch is dead. God, I waited all episode to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and right about that time, Xander comes flying in the room, and he grabs Amy, and he's like, I got her, I got her, cut her head off. And then Willow comes flying in right behind him with a baseball bat, and she's like, where is she, where is she? And Xander's like, oh, it's cool, I took care of it. And uh, LOL. So that's the end of Catherine the Great, as far as we know. Um, we bounce to presumably the next day we're in Buffy's room and, uh, Buffy mom comes in and sits on her bed and they have a little, um, mommy daughter moment. And, you know, Buffy mom just doesn't know how to relate to her daughter and, you know, she just doesn't get it. It's as simple as that, but it doesn't matter. They love each other. They kiss Buffy bails end of scene. And the final scene is what James? Well, before we get into that, I, I'd like to uh, jump back to um, the, the scene before the Buffy bedroom scene. Okay. The, um, the Latin that Giles was speaking in his spell, um, he's basically just repeating what he previously said, but in Latin. In Latin. So centrum est obscurus is the center is dark. And then he says, the darkness breathes tenebra respiratus. And that just translates to the darkness breathes. So, um, like I said, what he's saying in Latin is he's just repeating what he just said in English. So basically it's stupid. (laughs) I mean, like it would have been cooler probably if he had just said it in Latin and not in English. Right. If he had just said the whole thing in Latin. Right. Then that would have been way cooler. Right. And then... Um, he and Catherine both call on the god Gorseth to perform uh, their curse. Um, and Giles calls on the god Galel to um, 
help perform the reversal spell to undo all of all of Catherine's spells uh, during that uh, casting that he's doing. So just wanted to point those out. All right. Those words from James, the research guru. <laughs> um, so we ended the last scene with Buffy and Joyce having a lovely mother-daughter moment. and Which was kind of unnecessary and totally pointless for the episode, but, you know. Well, so we can we can talk about that after we, we wrap up uh, okay. the episode. Um, we then cut to later that morning. We're in Sunnydale High Halls. Buffy and Amy are walking together and talking, and Amy's telling Buffy how impossible her dad is. He doesn't want her to go anywhere. He wants to spend so much quantity time together. And she's all like, I can go out. It's safe. But he's got all this guilt about leaving her with her mom. And he's being a total pain. And Buffy looks at her and says, you're loving it. And Amy says every single minute. Um, Yeah, she's clearly finally feeling love. Right. Uh, We follow them to another part of the hall. And she's telling Buffy, he wants me to stay in on Saturday and make brownies. And she's like, well, the brownies were my idea. And Cordelia comes up behind them and very, very snootily says, uh, I'm really sorry you guys got bumped back to alternate. And then she's like, wait, no, I'm not. And Amy's like, well... I know I'll miss the intellectual thrill of spelling out words with my arms. Uh, yeah. And Cordelia's like, ooh, sour grapes. It's like, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, Buffy and Amy stop at the um, trophy case we saw before as Cordelia moves on. And Amy turns to Buffy and she's like, oh, you know, sorry. I forgot that you actually wanted to be part of the cheerleading team. Buffy's like, you know what? That's fine. I re- cheerleading is just a little too hairy for me these days. Amy's like, yeah, that's for sure. Um, they move around to the front of the case and they look at Amy's mom's picture. And Amy says, Catherine the Great. And Buffy asks if there's been any sign of her. And Amy says, that last spell, she said I'd never make trouble again. So wherever she is, I don't think we have to worry. And they both look at Catherine's cheerleading trophy. And Buffy says it's twisted, like the whole situation. They turn and leave. And as they're leaving, Amy says, "Um, I'm just happy to have my body back. And that she's thinking of getting fat. And Buffy says, you know, I hear that's the look it for spring. (laughs) And the camera continues to close in on Catherine's cheerleading trophy And it zooms in, and we see that the eyes are looking out and moving around, and the trophy is making muffled noises. So she's trapped for all eternity inside of her own trophy. That would fucking suck. (laughs) That would suck. That would suck. And that is the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. Let's rate this bitch, James. Um... I didn't I didn't like it as much as I enjoyed the first two episodes. Um, but there's good character building, um, good world building. I mean, we're we're introduced to 
um, evil things outside of vampires. Um, but I'm actually gonna on a on a must watch in a rewatch scale. I think I'm gonna give it a two point five. I just don't know that it's really that necessary. Two point five to view. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna join you there because I hated it every really? fucking minute of it. Wow. Yeah, I was not a fan of this episode at all. I didn't feel like the episode itself was bleh to me, but and in an episode like that, I usually look for okay, but is there some cool world building? Is there some cool uh, tidbits we learn here that we wouldn't know otherwise? And there really just wasn't nothing. Nothing that really mattered. Um, nothing that we're not going to find out again later on. You know, it just. So it didn't really have any any important to me. I'm just saying, you know, this is obviously my opinion. Uh, didn't have anything important that I needed or really wanted to know. Um, and the episode was just flat to me, just really flat. It was just a no. It was a. Uh, this was the zone of uh, <laughs> Buffy. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm going no, there. Yep. No. Yeah. No. I'm going there. No. Very no. just. Like if this episode did not exist at all, you wouldn't miss like you that nothing happened that was important at all. Even so, so let me ask you this. Okay. Do you hold that opinion even knowing what comes in the future of the series? Yes. Okay. Because okay. I'm not saying it's the only episode that that is bad. <laughs> that is that is bad. That is this bad. So that uh, being no, said, I just, I just mean gonna, well. So I really can't, without giving out spoilers that people already know, I can't really, like, more accurately verbalize what I'm trying to say. But, so, okay. I, so, I, I know what you're saying, though. Right. So, but I'm going right. to, but I'm going to, yeah, I, yeah. I I just don't know if I think it's the zone bad. It's. And for for everyone listening that's unaware, the zone is an episode of Highlander the series. And it's. One of the what worst season? episodes of television what? that's ever existed. I believe that's season two. Season two? It's it's a it's an awful episode in an otherwise really good season of, oh, yeah. of the show. Oh yeah. Um but just to sidetrack a little bit, and you and I have talked about this, I would watch the zone over any first season episode of Highlander. Now that <laughs> is sickening. That that isn't the first episode. Or possibly there, there's probably a selection of post Paris season one episodes that I might that I would probably might choose over the zone. Okay, but, you know what? You know what? I'll take it back. <laughs> this isn't the zone. This is bad day in building A. Okay. Okay. So let's 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 stick with that. If we're gonna compare it to Highlander episodes, okay. let's compare it to let's compare to episodes that are during the same season. Okay. That that works for me. Season. This this is definitely bad day in building A. Okay. I totally I useless will. episode that served okay. no uh, no purpose in the greater um advancement of the story or the characters or anything. Just utterly, utterly useless. Okay. All right. And so I am going to give this a 1.5. Wow. Yeah. Yep, I went there. I did. This is happening. Let's, um, I mentioned that we could discuss this um, after we wrap up uh, the, the rewatch itself, the revisit, if you will. Okay. Um, 
I am going to disagree with you that that ending, that cap scene with Buffy and Joyce was useless. Okay. Even though, even though you're of the opinion that the entire episode was useless. I think they were definitely trying to show us the dichotomy between Catherine as a mother and Joyce as a mother. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, and I get that. Um, so I don't, while I do agree that in this season in particular, or probably only this season, a lot of Joyce's stuff is is uh, irrelevant to the overall goings on. Um, I do, I do think it was a nice little scene to kind of continue drawing those um, opposites between um, Catherine. Like I said, Catherine is a mom and Joyce as a mom. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it does serve that purpose, definitely. But again, I go back to if this entire episode didn't exist, did we lo- did we did we lose anything? And I think the answer is nope. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm going to stand firm on that. Hey, you you stand firm on that. You that's, do you, that, bro. That, you know, I'm not I'm not here to try and change your mind. By any means. All righty. Our death count this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Is at zero. Oh, oh, yeah. Nobody. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Nobody died. I mean, well, because. Yeah, because technically it looks like Catherine's just trapped in hell. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe that's another reason I didn't like it. There's there's no there's no deaths. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm just a bloodthirsty Um, creep. Uh, a couple of uh, uh, deleted scene tidbits. Um, we've got um, during the scene when uh, they're talking about witches, Xander says, hey, we fought vampires. Anything else will be a walk in the park. Right. Um, Giles says, uh, had a line that was cut where he said, um, in response to the idea that a witch was, you know, using these horrible magics to try and be a cheerleader. He says, if I had the power of the black mass, I'd set my sights a little higher than making the pep squad. (laughs) Um, And then when also the same scene, when they're trying to determine the best way to figure out if uh, Amy is the witch or not, Giles says, uh, yes, the ducking stool. We throw her in the pond. If she floats, she's a witch. If she drowns, she's innocent. And he responds, seeing everyone's looks. Uh, he says, some of my texts are a bit outdated. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. For trivia, we have... Let's see. Where did I go? Um, as we pointed out when we were discussing the scene, the the notice board in the gym reads 1996 cheerleading tryouts, uh, despite the fact that the episode aired in 97, um, which you and I chalked up to the show taking place at least a year earlier than, than when it's airing real time. Um, the behind the scenes explanation is that, um, it's because the show was filmed in 96 and intended to premiere in the autumn of 96 
but was held back and used as a mid-season replacement instead of premiering when it was supposed to. Interesting. Um, as I mentioned, also in that scene, um, the the music is uh, a song called Twilight Zone Rave Edit by Two Unlimited, who are a Euro pop band. Um, but it's also the song that's used in all of the cheerleading sequences, including the basketball game scene. Huh. The exact same song? Yeah. Just huh. different par- different parts of it. Oh, different. Okay, different sec. Yeah, because I when you yeah. said that, I was just sitting here thinking. I was like, "Is he sure about that?" Because I'm sure that wasn't. But okay, yeah. If they're using different different sections, okay, I get it. Um, Charisma Carpenter uh, was a cheerleader for the San Diego Chargers in 1991, which is why it probably looks like she really knows her routines and her cheerleading moves. Okay, I did not know that about her i didn't didn't i mean i knew she was significantly older than the rest of the cast um she doesn't look it but i mean i knew that she was but other than that i did i did not know she was a former cheerleader let alone for the uh nfl yeah yep um so goofs goofs and flubs i know you're a fan of these i never make these Um, but i love them um uh so um Amy's mom's trophy has her name on it as Catherine Madison, um, which we find out uh, is Amy's last name, Madison, um, which is uh, solidified by Giles addressing um, Amy's mom as Miss Mrs. Madison. But Amy does say that her parents got married right after high school graduations, uh, which means that when her mother won the trophy, she would have been going by her maiden name. I would challenge that as a flub. Really? Okay. Yes, I would. And I'll tell you why. I believe it's very possible Madison, she didn't necessarily take her husband's last name. Okay. And, or she didn't necessarily. You're thinking very progressive for 1997. Well, this is California though. (laughs) This is California. Okay. And she didn't necessarily. Okay. She also, you know, as far as Amy's last name goes, she didn't necessarily name her, give her her father's last name. You know, I, I'm I'm just saying, it's not okay. necessarily a flub. Okay, I will I will buy the idea that it's not necessarily a flub, but I will counter with the idea that two people that seemingly in love, she probably didn't not give her daughter her father's last name. Agree to disagree. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm. Just, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um but i i do i will acknowledge that there there are a myriad of possibilities that could make that not a goof Alrighty. uh that's all that's all i have well double check here thank you once again research guru you're quite welcome and um i would like to thank everyone for joining us this week um remind everyone to uh, visit us at BuffyRevisited.com. Uh, email us at BuffyRevisited at gmail.com. Um, we're all over social media. Thanks to our social media guru. His name is also James. The, yes, we can be found on Facebook at uh, Slade Podcast. We can be found on Twitter at Slade Podcast. And there's a distinct possibility that uh, we may have a uh, treat 
for those listeners that choose uh, to uh, partake. Um, and that would be a upcoming presence on YouTube. Oh my. Uh, nothing, nothing written in stone yet, but uh, the channel has been created. And there is a distinct possibility that uh, very shortly here, um, the video format of our podcasts will be uh, uploaded to YouTube for everybody's enjoyment. Because You'll everyone get to see is dying our to beautiful look faces. at my beauty. Yes, yes. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. <laughs> That's not why we hate you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just, you know, I just want to make sure. Just don't hate me because I'm beautiful. All right. Well, again, thank you for joining us this week. And we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Uh, have a good week, everyone. Ta-ta.